So our second scripture reading this morning is coming from Paul's letter that he wrote to the church in Ephesus. So hear now God's word for you. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, may all that we do and say in this morning be well and good in your sight. Amen. So if you happen to be on social media at all, and happen to be on it in the past 36 hours, you know people have been having a field day with the passing of our beloved Betty White. And in true fashion of Betty's character, many of the comments and memes have been pretty funny. One popular meme was cursing out 2021 for taking Betty on its last day. Another one I saw said something to the effect of, what did Betty White know about 2022 that she even knew she didn't want to go there? And another asked, should we be concerned that Betty White was just like, no thanks, 2022? The woman was 17 days shy of her 100th birthday, so we all shouldn't be so shocked at her passing, yet for some reason we still are. Because maybe deep down inside all of us, we'd like to believe that those things and those people who bring us great joy will last forever. And I think that Betty White was one of those people, someone loved by generations, someone with whom we collectively enjoyed, and now someone for whom we collectively mourn. And even though I would guess none of us have ever met the woman, we can still thank her for being a friend. So already, in a way, perhaps we all may be feeling this strange sense of foreboding as we flip the calendar and take our first tentative steps into this new year. After all, I would argue that we perhaps have all been a little gun-shy to celebrate just yet, considering two years ago, a mere two and a half months into the new year, our lives were dramatically altered. And last year, a mere six days into the new year, we witnessed the insurrection at our own capital, something we only ever saw happen in other countries and in other places, but not in our own home. So it's understandable that we may not be all feeling so excited to welcome in 2022, because perhaps for the first time in many of our lives, we all may simply be bracing ourselves for the worst. And not only embracing it, but perhaps expecting it. And if that's the case, then you couldn't, couldn't be in a better place than you are right this second. Because I declare, on this second day of this new year, that hope begins here. 
And not because you have heard me say these words, but because these words are true. I am simply the messenger of God's truth. And you have chosen to place yourselves in a place where you are surrounded by the words of God's promises as conveyed through our liturgy, through prayers, through the lyrics of hymns. Hope begins here. In the November 2021 edition of Guideposts magazine, a woman by the name of Lori Kennedy shared this story whose title was Mysterious Ways, Rising from the Ashes. And this is what she wrote. My husband Russ and I drove through our neighborhood, the place we'd call home for 28 years. The Sierra Nevada foothills, once thick with towering pines, were unrecognizable. The ground was covered with a heavy layer of ash. The trees that remained were charred stumps. Two weeks earlier, we'd gotten an early morning call telling us to evacuate immediately. The wildfire tearing through Northern California had spread and was headed our way. We jumped in the car with our cats and a few belongings. For days, we bounced from hotel to hotel, desperate for news. And what finally came wasn't good. Our house had been right in the fire's path. Now we've been given permission to return. Russ and I brought shovels, work boots, N95 masks and gloves. We'd salvage anything we could. We drove slowly through the apocalyptic destruction where chimneys marked where homes once stood. I wasn't prepared for what awaited us. Our house was nothing but rubble. Mementos, photos, heirlooms, my precious collection of inspiration books, all gone. I wiped away tears as we dug through the ash and debris. We uncovered a cast iron coat tree that used to stand in our foyer, a decorative dish our son had given me, blackened but whole, bits and pieces of our life. Lord, how will we survive this? I wondered. How will we go on? It felt as if our lives had been wiped out. We called it quits in late afternoon. Russ loaded what we found in the car. The breeze picked up, swirling ashes in the air. Let's go, he said. I turned to get in the car. That's when I noticed something stuck to my boot. A scrap of paper smudged with soot. I picked it up. Its edges were singed. Yet the words were surprisingly legible. And this is what it said. If life seems difficult, I pause and reflect on the blessing sometimes hidden within every circumstance. With renewed faith and courage, I begin again. Words that must have come from one of my books, a passage I couldn't recall, but now said everything that I needed to hear. Words that rose from the ashes. I framed that scrap of paper. I kept it on the nightstand in every hotel and motel we stayed in over the coming months. And it now sits in a place of honor in our new home, a reminder that we can begin again. Lori in the ashes, in the literal ruins of her life, found hope in the printed word that reminded her that her blessings can be found hidden in every circumstance. She was reminded that sometimes it simply takes a little courage to begin again. 
And I am certain that someone here besides me needs to hear this message too. That it simply takes a little courage to seek out the hope we are so desperately looking for. And perhaps take this new year as a means to begin again. I would imagine that many of us at some points in our lives may have attempted to make New Year's resolutions as a tool to better ourselves or to start living our best life. And what would that look like if you had a chance to revisit those things that you have attempted to resolve to do better in the past? What would they look like today? The video that we just watched was a poignant and humorous picture of a group of people who were given that opportunity to revisit personal promises from the past. And we got to share with them in some of their disappointments and in their triumphs. And I would imagine that we all have some similar stories, things we resolved to do but never did, and they became a regret in life, or things we resolved to do and never realized their impact on ourselves or others until later on. But regardless of what type of person you are, so to speak, whether you are someone who loves to loves the practice of making resolutions, or if you are someone who gave up the practice years ago, or if you are someone who never thought to do it, I would like to encourage each and every one of us, right here and now, me included, if you haven't already done so, to resolve to strengthen your relationship with God. Because after all, this is what you pay me to do. My job, and Kelly's job, first and foremost, is to create disciples of Jesus Christ. And this is also the sole reason why the church even exists at all. And because I have given my life to his service, I do so because I firmly believe that a relationship with Jesus is truly the place where hope begins. He is truly the key to all of the joy and happiness that this life can possibly offer. He is truly all that he says he is, and everything he offers to those in relationship with him is relevant in our everyday lives. I promise you that in the end, your decision to resolve to spend time with Christ and to work on that relationship is truly the one thing that will be most life-changing. And as a community of faith, we have so many resources and tools which can help you do just that. Clearly, regular worship attendance, whether in person at 10.30 on Sunday mornings or any hour of the day or night, any day of the week, through our online services, is an excellent place to start. Our social media platforms are full of ways to engage in quick moments of spiritual formation, offering moments of prayer and quiet time. We have our next Bible study beginning in two weeks, and of course, as already mentioned, we have a group of people getting ready to engage in our Bible in a year plan. I understand that that can be a big undertaking, but let me encourage you all to at least try. And maybe you don't read the Bible every single day, and that is more than okay. But simply reading it more than you have in the past is a true victory. And having a tool that encourages you to do so is a great start. For Christmas this year, I was given a beautiful book from Lisa Adams called Jesus Listens. 
This is part of the Jesus Calling series as written by Sarah Young, and I would highly recommend any of her books for you who own pers- for your own personal time. I would like to read the prayer devotion for January 1st from yesterday from the Jesus Listen, Listens book, and it says this. My living God, as I begin a fresh year, I rejoice that you are continually working newness into my life. Because you are doing a new thing, I must not dwell on the past. I refuse to let last year's disappointments and failures define me or dampen my expectation. This is the day for a fresh start. I know there are no limits to your creativity, so I anticipate some lovely surprises this year that stretches out before me. Lord, I receive today as a precious gift from you. I realize that the present moment is where you meet with me. This is the day that you have made. I know you have carefully prepared it just for me, with tender attention to every detail. So I have good reason to rejoice and be glad in it. As I journey along the path of life, I'll search for signs of your loving presence. I delight in finding the little blessings you sprinkle along my pathway, sometimes in surprising places. As I discover them, I'll thank you for each one. This keeps me close to you and helps me find joy in my journey. In your blessed name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. I think this prayer, coupled with Paul's prayer to the Ephesians, is a phenomenal way to enter into the unknown of this new year. Paul prayed that the people in Ephesus would be strengthened by God's riches through his spirit so that Christ may dwell in their hearts. And he prayed that once they had Christ dwelling in their hearts, then they would fully come to understand the power of living with the knowledge that Christ's love for them is wide and long and high and deep. And with that knowledge, they grasp on to hope. Words like this, prayers like this, reminders like this, are exactly what we need to sustain us in those difficult times, in our anxiety of what may lie ahead, in our wonderings of what life may have in store. Like the author of Lamentations reminds us, we remember well our afflictions and our wanderings and our bitterness. And as we remember them, we become sick inside and our hearts ache and we become sad. When we look over our past year that we experienced together as a people, the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, the division over vaccines, the school shooting at Oxford, the unrelenting pandemic, these things are enough to make us all wince and to question our future hope. And then when you reflect back on your own personal hurts, the death of a loved one or the loss of a relationship, a health crisis, job loss, life transition for you or a family member, it can be too much to bear. And we remember, don't we? Because God has given us minds that are brilliant thinkers and a capacity to retain memories, good and bad. And as our hearts recall the memory with pain, we also need to remember this, just like the author of Lamentations says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, 
we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Perhaps this can be our resolution, that in those moments of a wandering mind, where we get caught up in the pain of our past or the fear of tomorrow, may we recall the Lord's great love for us and that his compassion and faithfulness is new every morning. May that thought be what inspires you to get out of bed every day. May that thought comfort you in the darkness of night when your doubts no longer haunt the recesses of your mind, but rather rob you of sleep. May that thought bring you peace with every breath you take. This is where hope begins, my friends, right here in the promises of God.